I'm Don DeLorente. I'm Dee Dee Janae. I'm Magnum Blonde. And we're the host of the WrestleCast. You can catch us right here on the CSPN each and every Friday as we provide your pro wrestling commentary with color. The following is a CSPN Media podcast presentation. Hello and welcome to another exciting episode of the Comic Book Chronicles. Yeah, we still need to work on that. That's that just sounds pitiful. Oh, <laughs> is Roddy Cat. I'm just saying, man. We can we can you know give some vitamins, bulk them up. We can rebuild it. That's all I can say. Anyway, I am your host, Roddy Cat, and you can find me at Roddy Cat on Twitter and Instagram, and you can also find me at Instagram on at CB Caps. You can also find me at News News Need on Twitter and News News Need Reddit. See, that's what I'm talking about. Just like mm. with me tonight, the man the, with the sound effects, who's you know got some gremlins in his pocket right now. But this guy will get squared up. Uh, one agent score seventy. What's up, everybody? <laughs> and you can find him at agent score seventy on Twitter at on uh, Twitter and Instagram. And All Point Sports, although that should be the name of your sports program, but I know it's not, so don't look for that one. Uh, not with us tonight is PCN underscore Dirt, whom you can find at PCN underscore Dirt on Twitter, uh, Pop Culture Net on Twitter, PopCultureNetwork.com, and all of his umbrella, umbrella, umbrella sites mm. underneath that. And of course, the Osiris of this ish one, Tim D O G G 9 8 on Twitter, uh, CB Cron on Twitter, The Click Nation on Twitter, that's the K L I Q N A T I O N, and of course, theclicknations.com. But you can most definitely find him over at Comic Resources, writing his face off and not writing face off, which is already a terrible movie and doesn't need a comic book adaptation. So don't, don't oh, do no. it. Oh, no. Don't do it. Yeah, I said it. Fight me. Anywho, you want a John Woo movie? Go this is older stuff. Hmm. Um, maybe Mission Impossible 2, whatever. So tonight, um, I felt like I had some stuff to say before before uh, we started, but I don't think so, except for uh, we got a holiday weekend coming up at the time of recording. So happy early Labor Day. Memorial Day. Memorial Day, excuse me. <laughs> you know what? The reason why they got me screwed up is because somebody kept saying, kept saying Labor Day and I kept repeating, I mean, uh, um, correcting them. Sure. And now it just turned about. So, yes, Memorial Day weekend. Some of y'all have a three-day weekend. Some of y'all are working like normal. Enjoy yourselves and be careful and be safe out there, regardless of what you get into. Uh, and, you know, remember... Because that's the reason. Anywho, we're going to get into this week's comic books. Um, and if anything else comes out to mind, then hey, I'll think about it then. Except for this tweet that I forgot to put out, like right there. And there it goes. <laughs> <laughs> 
And there it goes. Uh, so we will start off, which which we normally would have talked about before um, <laughs> before the show, but we did not get a chance to. So um, we'll start with. We might as well go ahead and get them out of the way and get to the uh, War of the Realms books. Alrighty. Uh, I mean, we could talk about Miles because that's really the only book. Like you read a lot of stuff this week. Oh, you want to get to the the war stuff last? Okay, that works for me. Yes, Miles Morales, uh, Spider-Man, number six. That works. Sure. I mean, we were just talking about it, and it's also very fresh on my mind because I literally <laughs> just read it. True. Um, so this is uh, issue number six of the uh, of this volume of Miles Morales, and and it's pretty good. We're 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 introduced to this is the full. Uh, first appearance of one Starling, mm-hmm. who uh, is going to be playing a role in this book that is going to be very familiar to some readers of uh, yes. longtime uh, Spider-Man stories, and, and maybe even a little movie tie-in. Of- sure. So, just as a just as a brief brief overview, Starling introduces herself as Miles is trying to crack down on some um, gang members who are working for one Tombstone. Uh, Tombstone is trying to uh, muscle his way into Brooklyn, uh, far away from his uh, uh, roots uptown. So, as Miles is trying to take down or at least investigate Starling uh, comes in and busts up the party. And, um, you know, we have uh, what starts out as the classic, classic. Classic First encounter between heroes. Or sort of heroes. We we still don't know the full extent of things. Well, ultimately, more vigilante at this point, but yes, right. Well, ultimately, what I mean by that is, it's let's uh, argue with each other, fight each other, and then team up. Yeah, and in also true uh, Spidey um, fashion, this also sets her up to be not necessarily a potential. Well, actually, I don't know. There is there is something that may have got sparked there, but that's. Will give you shades of one Felicia Hardy Black Cat. Yeah, definitely. In a sense, minus the fact that minus the um, you know, uh, the uh, the robbery. However, you know, there is a Spider Man. There is a Spider character and meets this other uh, other person who seems to have some interest, or potentially may have some interest, and they are doing something that the Spider Person. You know, is not really down with. However, mm-hmm. again, there's a little spark of something possible, and it also comes at a time where uh, our our man Miles is having um, he's not having issues, but he's uh, he's kind of going through a, a little something, specifically with a certain lady friend of his, whom I, I happen to like, uh, and uh, you know, he's having some. He's not having trust issues, but he's basically having an issue with his identity. And, and she seems to know, which we've said before, she seems to, I think we, she knows what's up and she wants Miles to tell him, uh, but he's not giving it up, which is causing a rift with, with their friendship or whatever their thing is. 
which again slightly mirrors you know some early days of Peter's life to to a sense. So you know the the spider apple doesn't necessarily fall that far from <laughs> the literary tree. Yeah, no, it's it's true. I mean, ultimately, we still have, uh, you know, some 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 aspects of this story that are very uh, Miles. They're original to Miles's story, but there's going to be some aspects to the story that parallel uh, Peter Parker's story coming up. And and that doesn't know, necessarily say that it's going to play out the same. No, it's it's yeah, they they just mirror. So right. you know, you're going to have. Uh, characters filling some of those roles um what's funny is that um i kind of forgot that um and 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 there's a a guest appearance at the end of the issue that i kind of forgot uh had some meaning still in this because i forgot this character was still around Mm -hmm. so it was interesting i mean obviously we're only six issues into uh saladin ahmed's um uh run on this book and um it's you know I I think it's the character's first appearance in in this volume so it, you know that just leads to you know me kind of being oh I totally forgot this character was still around <laughs> it happens Marvel's been doing that it's like oh guess what hey we have this character that we we're pulling out the pocket so because we have to use them and lose them no actually that's that's probably not it but. Could very well be, um, but yeah, that that's pretty much the issue. It's a, it was a pretty good issue. Like I said, the, the, I dare say. Oh, um, and actually, speaking of that, and speaking of the character that comes in, um, at the end, yeah, it, that also could potentially be a mirror to another um, Spider adjacent movie of recent note. Mm-hmm. So, without giving away, without giving it away too much. But, um, and it goes so far is if you go past that last page, there is a, uh, which I think I remember seeing this cover. There's a cover for the next issue. Um, that makes it a little bit more apparent because it is from the said, said movie. If I'm right. not, I've seen that, that, that same poster from the, or that same picture in the said movie. So, interesting times ahead, but yeah. But like I said, uh, Miles's book was good this week. It was it was it was quite interesting. How good was it? Yay! Hey! Hey! a wild PC and underscore dirt has joined us. We'll, we'll we'll get that fixed on these days. Yeah, no, I was I felt bad. I was listening to the recording from last week, and uh, you could barely hear any of the sounds that I was playing. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. we could all hear them, but apparently they didn't come through on the recording. So, <laughs> yeah, I was about to say, I'm like, Roger, just check our volumes, uh, our our internal volumes in the chat room. But uh, in any event, um, thanks for popping on, Dirt. Much appreciated. <laughs> Yep, just walked in the door from dinner, so. All right. <coughs> we, we've only talked about one book so far um, right. this week. We started late because we were catching up on our reading, so we could actually have some <laughs> stuff. We could actually have some stuff to talk about in common because I only read um, 
the majority of the books that I read, the vast majority of the books that I read are War of the Realms related. So mm-hmm. well, and there were a lot of them. Yeah. yeah. And I kind of went from the other way, the other way from it and then started reading the War of the Realm book. So I caught up. So he caught up on one and I caught up on one. And well, he got up one that wasn't. I caught up one that was. Right. So, so and uh, I've, I've only read three books and none were from Marvel. So. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> that works. Yeah, that works. Although um, I know sense. what I was going to say is uh, I recommended it to I recommended this particular War of the Realms book to Roddy and he liked it. It was the um, the Strike Force uh, Jotunheim Jotunheim uh, um, book. Yeah, Land of the Giants. Yeah, Land of the Giants. So um, you know you might even be able to enjoy it without knowing too much about what's going on in um, in uh, War of the Realms. But we'll get to that book when we talk about it. We won't spoil too much. This is number two. One. No, it's a oh. one shot. It's one of the. Oh, one it's shot. a one shot. Oh. Yeah, it's one of those strike force. Yeah, it's, it's those strike force one within, shots. Yeah, it's basically within a within type of situation. Yeah, I have not read anything of War of the Realms, so I don't know a single thing about. Oh, you didn't read like first issue. I never. I didn't read any any single thing. Gotcha. So yeah, it's you, good. Well, let's put it this way: I can safely say that at least two books. If you've read issue one, probably two books this week. Uh, we'll we'll fill into that. We'll fall into that. Well, I've not read one, so. Oh yeah, that's what I'm saying. You, you yeah, you yeah. would have to read one to kind of get some of that out of the way. But anyway, uh, let's get on to our next book before we get into that mess. Um, I mean, did you want to throw out a book, Dirt? Because, like I said, the rest of my books are all War of the Realms. Yeah. Um, much, yeah. I, I can talk about action comics real quick. Uh, sure. The, they've split basically with Bendis taking over the Superman books. You have Action Comics and Superman. So Superman has been more of the family book. It's the Lois and Clark and Jonathan story. Right. And then Action is more of what's happening in Metropolis. You've got the Daily Planet. You've got the the battles, the big fights. You've got the Crimson Mist evil organization coming. You've got Leviathan. Um, we've we got news uh, a couple weeks ago, I guess that. Uh, they're calling the event just event Leviathan hmm. uh, coming to DC this summer. And so it turns out that the story in action is actually leading directly into this event. Um, so this issue is actually the last of the prologue leading into event Leviathan. And so basically what has happened over the past few issues is um, Amanda Waller came uh, to Superman, basically to Clark, said, "Yeah, I know your secret. Uh, there's something going on. We gotta, you know, take care of this. Whatever, blah blah blah." Um, they find out that Leviathan has somehow infiltrated everything. Um, so all your groups, like Argus, like the DEO, like um, Checkmate, any of those, uh, you know, government secret government spy groups, Spiral. Uh, all these things in the DC universe that are those spy groups, they've all been infiltrated and they're all collapsing because of Leviathan. Right. And basically what has happened is the people who are in charge of these groups, they saw it was coming. And instead of gearing up and getting ready for a fight, they all went into hiding uh, because it's that big of a problem. So what we find now uh, in this particular issue is that uh, Leviathan is making their big push. They're making their big push to destroy everything, to blow everybody up. Um, But curiously, uh, Superman realizes that in all these places where they've attacked, where they've destroyed these government buildings, where they've destroyed all these secret bunkers and whatever, there are no bodies. 
something's going on something there's something weird about it and they can't quite figure out what it is and this issue does not answer the question it just kind of you know goes along with them digging and trying to figure out uh the weird thing though about this story is that in order to set it up they talked about how uh clark kent and lois lane had these alter egos in the spy community um they were part of spiral for a while when they did you know undercover work which they don't really explain they don't go into it's not a story that i, I don't think i ever read so i'm pretty yeah, sure they just kind of something they just threw it in yeah i'm pretty sure they just kind of made it up and threw it in there to just say at some point this happened you know because stuff happens all the time and you just have to kind of go okay i thanks bendis i guess we'll just go with that so hmm. um so yeah it's kind of weird the way that they set it up that he just kind of tossed some of this random stuff in there. Um, and then it's a little disappointing that it's been building and building and building to now go into a mini series separate from the book. Now I'm sure there's going to be crossovers and whatever, but it's like, it's building and building and building now go buy something else to continue the story. And that's something that ugh, I really yeah. hate when they do that type of thing. Like it's yeah. one thing when you've got six or seven different books, they all have different threads. You know, like secret wars had all the fantastic four stuff and the Avengers stuff. And all of that was kind of, of Realms is kind of like that. Yeah. 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 It's all woven together and it, and it, you, you need something to bring all these threads together. Whereas this maybe something from silencer kind of ties into it a little bit, but I'm not sure how well that's going to go in. Um, but this is leading directly into it. And, and I don't know, that may be it. Those may be the only books that are going mm. into this. So it's just kind of disappointing. And it's like, okay, well now I got to go get something else in order to follow this story that's been building. But, you know, it's interesting, you know, if, if nothing else, it, at least there's something kind of new in all of it that's going on. Um, but yeah, still overall, it's kind of a letdown. I was about to say that's Bendis bringing the Marvel style over. You know, they knew how to create that, those. Bendis bringing the Bendis style over. Don't put no, that on. No, but what I'm talking, <laughs> no, but what I'm talking about is the uh, the whole the, their, their version of event style storytelling. So mm. not that Mar not that DC's immune from it, but yeah, know, so they've, they've, been, they've done their own. <laughs> yeah, but, but I guess usually with DC, they they have it run through like the family of books before it goes into something. So like with um, uh, what was that uh, villain? I can't think of what it was called when the villains from Earth 3 came. Forever Evil? Was it? Yeah, Forever Evil. Mm -hmm. So you had that kind of running through with Superman and Justice League. And I think there were some hints of it in Batman. And there was some stuff in Flash. And, and, you know, and then all these little bits came together into the series as opposed to this, which really feels like it's the Superman. You have to buy an extra Superman book over the summer. Mm -hmm. So anyway, not the strongest. All right. And I'm guessing this is going to, from from what I'm seeing, this is going into that year of the villain thing that they're wrapping up to. Well, yeah, the I think it's probably going to be part and parcel with it, no? Well, I'm not sure exactly how they all tie together because Event Leviathan is going to be its own four issue or six issue. I'm trying right. to remember. It might be the last one. Well, according to what I'm reading, this is the last single issue. And then there's a Leviathan special, and then the, if this is in order. Year the of the villain number one comes out next. I think that's right. I'm trying to think. We actually got um, an advanced event Leviathan number one. We got a retailer preview, one of those heavily watermarked uh, mm -hmm. oh, yeah, previews. Well, 
Um, so I have that sitting here. I haven't looked through it yet because I knew I needed to read other stuff before I got into it. But um, it's, I don't know. Uh, and, it's, and it's weird because Leviathan is the group um, that um, Talia al Ghul has been head of. Right. And so there has been like this war going on in Leviathan in the Silencer series. But there's this character that event Leviathan is kind of surrounding and he's some guy wearing almost looks like a star Wars extended universe Sith face mask thing. Um, and he's apparently this main villain. That's the part of the storyline, but I'm not sure how he ties into this. Cause I don't remember him being a part of the story in silencer where we saw all the leviathan stuff going and he hasn't been part of the story um he appears i think in the last like two pages of this uh, issue of action comics so i don't really know where this guy's coming from you know it's just another again i guess that's part of that bendis style where it's just like well here's a guy so now we've got to tell his story so that you can figure out who this guy is Mm. as opposed to like here's somebody let's tell you his motivations let's build them up and then have a confrontation you know so anyway interesting yeah or not i don't know <laughs> okay next um, up um let's see well like i said all i've got is where the rum stuff so if you want to throw out something uh before we get to that that's okay most of this stuff is pretty much well let's see i will yeah i'll do this one um sticking on the dc train actually uh dollar for hero number three um, I don't know. This is a, this is in. I don't know that much. I've, I've said this before about the Dial H thing. I know that it is a thing and it has a past in the DC history, but I, like I said, I never read it, so I don't know. And the, from what I've heard, this is like this kind of calls into some of that stuff, but um, you know, doesn't necessarily use it. I don't know, or maybe it is based on some things that happened in this issue, but so you got this kid named Miguel and, and his uh, runaway partner Summer and they're, and they got the H dial or had the H dial and um, they're going to get it back because somebody took it from them. And, you know, if you know anything about the H dial is like you pick it up, you call, you turn into a superhero. That's nobody you've ever seen or heard of before. And as the thing says, maybe never even again. So whoever has the, the, the H dial can, that kind of stuff and in this issue somebody got it and got a hold to it and started causing havoc i guess or something and then one of the other main characters ended up getting it and of course we saw oh <laughs> this is curly everybody curly just decided to jump on my lap for no oh. reason right in the middle of this conversation it was a good dog <laughs> yeah so yeah so this is a good reason to uh check out the video version of this podcast Who's a good dog? He's a cute doggy. Aw. Except he doesn't like to lick my beard and mustache, so he generally goes for my nose or my mouth, which means I get doggy tongue up my nostril or or going for my lips, and I'm not a big fan of either one of those. Kinky. Um... But anyway, uh, but yeah, there's just enough dialogue though. Uh, so yeah, there's a little little back and forth of the thing. Of course, you get a little bit of backup story for one of the um for one of the main characters and we even get a, a little I guess a little background plot of I don't know if he's the bad guy or some other person that's coming into the fold that's trying to uh, 
either they're, they're trying to find the H dial and uh, to defeat the person that's looking for it. Who has this group? It's like I said, it's a weird book, and partially because Sam Humphries is writing and he tends to write some some fun weird stuff. But it's um, it's been amusing so far. I'll say that. And I will go ahead and bring up this other one, even though this is basically fodder for for rapid fire since we're on DC. Martian Manhunter number five. Guess what? That book is still out. Still going. Okay. In case you forgot. I, yeah, honestly, I, I would have expected it to be canceled and forgotten by now. No, nah, I think they're gonna they're, they're gonna go to Lens on it because it's already it's, it's already it, many, but yeah, I, I mean it'll at least go to six to do a trade. Actually, oh, no, it's a twelve issue series. That's what I'm saying they're gonna go to Lens on this because then it doesn't it doesn't always go that long, but I don't know. We'll see. I know it's not selling well real well, so I can. It's it's a weird one in itself. Um, and having, I, I read the last issue, matter of fact, cause I have been keeping up with it, but I totally didn't remember anything that happened up until now cause it's been a month. So, but luckily some of that stuff kind of gets, uh, brought up in this issue and there's some back and forth with, um, you know, John and his partner where he, who he just found, who he, who just, he just told that he was an alien or just found out he was an alien. Then there's this other possibly in his mind past thing that's coming to haunt him from uh some, somebody he put away or something and um it's 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 a it's a weird one but it's starting to get to a point where it was like hey this is actually some stuff going on you know but but it's uh but it is still a weird read like it, it's going away from that the strictly Mars stuff like it kind of t- calls into some of that stuff but it's not um strict in fact it's gotten to the point to where it's like hey this is the day that I came to Earth. That's where we are now. So we don't know if it's going to go any more of that um, Mars stuff after this and just deal with who's messing with them. Or it's just going to keep going down whatever road. Because, But no. So that being said, um, yeah, I, like I said, I totally forgot what was going on before this, but I don't think it really matters that much because, like I said, a little bit of it gets brought up uh, in the, during the course of this issue, and everything else is still like, huh? Okay. But that's my right. answer. All right. So I'm going to bring up uh, a War of the Realms tie in book, and that's yeah, Avengers. Okay. I'm going to start with Avengers 19 yeah. because there are still elements in this book of the ongoing story that's uh, going on in Avengers mm-hmm. while. Uh, the bulk of the story is uh, part of a crossover with um, War of the Realms. So I like they kind of took the time to be like, hey, guess what? The stuff that's in, in our book is still going on, by the way. Sure. I mean, that's the, I mean, to be honest, that's really the way most tie-ins should be, uh, you know, most crossover books at, at least should be, uh, uh, treated because there are still elements of the story that are going on, even if it is in the deep, deep background, while the war of the realms is, uh, certainly in the foreground in this, um, the story is actually told mostly from the point of view of one Ken Hale, AKA gorilla man, mm-hmm. which is a surprising choice. Well, it would be surprising if you've been reading and thinking usually, well, or get the notion that, hey, sometimes when they get certain people narrating that there's something going to happen with that uh, that person, which sure. kind of yeah. does, but not what you think it is. Right. What I was going to say is uh, they've established in over the course of this Avengers run that 
uh, T'Challa in his role as chairman has also uh, created a support staff mm-hmm. for the Avengers. And uh, at least in terms of operatives, they're basically the agents of Wakanda. And there's a number of those characters who have played various roles over the course of this run of Avengers. And uh, Ken Hale, uh, Gorilla Man, is actually... Uh, supposed to be head of security for Avengers Mountain and we get to see him as T'Challa actually says in the issue earn that title right which I guess he kind of does given what happens which right. takes place which basically takes place uh, in between two and three I guess of the of War of the, War of the um... yeah this is all this is all basically happening over the course of the first three um, yeah. uh uh, issues of uh, War of the Realms because like, not yes, much end of pretty much the end of I think one or two whenever Doctor Strange hit that spell and right and... that's my point exactly because we're going we're going across the first three issues right. going into the fourth issue actually because um, this issue actually contains little snippets of what's happening in the one shots the the Strike Force one shots as well as um, some of the uh, well at least teasing some of the. Uh, the crossover, uh, the, uh, the 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 crossover miniseries, um, and uh, you know, as I mentioned, um, Ken Hale gets to at least try to earn his title as head of security because um, the forces of Malekith are descending upon uh, Avengers Mountain, and uh, it's all about to go down. Yeah, in fact, that part where. Um... He's going to do something, and they start invading. That part was definitely in one of the other books. Might probably been in the main book, but not from that perspective, right? So, um, but yeah, and then it goes back. You know, it kind of does all that stuff, and he has this hero moment and going through all of that, and then it goes back to the stuff that the main book, uh, the main adventure book, rather, has been getting back to, or at least alludes to it, anyway. Which, I don't know, at first I thought that first part was kind of jarring, but I was like, okay, because you find out a couple of things that's been going on that we find out, uh, you know, there are things that might not be what it seems, and even and even at the end of the book, there's something similar, possibly, unless mm-hmm. it's in a swerve, we don't know, but, you know, the stuff that had to do with what's going on in Avengers was like, okay, you know, let's hit this, hit that. Yeah, it was a it was a pretty it was a pretty good surprise. It's mm-hmm. it's definitely a cliffhanger. It, it uh, the, this book also ends on a cliffhanger page, um, mm-hmm. that is tied into, um, as you mentioned, the the ongoing story in Avengers, and I think the uh, the teaser for um, the next issue number twenty uh, shows that the War of the Realms story is going to continue into the next issue, right? Which was well, kind of sort of already known, but yeah, it's, it's... Um, but that being said, that's that. Because I think, uh, well, with the exception of a couple of books, I think most of the other tie-in books like this are only doing two issues apiece. Although, I think Squirrel Girl's already done three. Okay. Maybe. I don't know. I haven't read any of them, but it uh, doesn't. Yeah. Either way, uh, so we can go to the next uh, War of the Realm tie-in. Well, actually, you know what? Let me do this for real quick. Uh, as Guardians of the Galaxy number nine. Oops. 
That was not what I wanted to do. Which, again, another tie-in issue. Uh, and this basically goes uh, as a tie-in issue coming off of two. Issue two of Water Realms, I believe. Because that's when Valkyrie had her thing, right? Season two or three, I can't remember. No, it was two, because three, everything else was going on. So anyway, um, spoiler alert, and I don't know, uh, Dirt, I don't know if you care to be spoiled about this. Cause I know the you War of the Realm stuff? No. Yeah. Nah. Okay. Uh, Valkyrie died. <laughs> so, uh, and Valkyrie, uh, just like Captain Marvel, years, years, years earlier, also had a human host. Uh, so when she died, presumably that host also was going with her, but uh, during the course of this Asgardians of the Galaxy issue, that gets resolved some kind of way. And that's all I'm going to say, because I think uh, 8 and 7 said he was going to mm-hmm. read that, so I will leave that up to that. But it's it's plausible. I, I'm still uh, was thinking, like, you know, I was thinking they would have done a little bit more with that, but I know what they're doing with Jane Foster. So, I, I guess. Either way, that is that. Um, so we want to go into the real, real World of Realm stuff now. Not Wait, saying. are you saying that Jane Foster is back? She's never left. I thought she was dying of cancer. She it's in remission. Yeah, they got taken taken care of, and now she's about to have a new status. Actually, she has one now, but she's about to get a new, newer status huh. uh, in a month or two. Well, actually, what? In, yeah, in two months. All right. She's okay. about to have her own book. Yes, which ties into basically the person we just talked about. So anyway, um, that that shows you how little I've been reading in that corner of uh, Marvel Universe. What I was going to say is you haven't seen these in the solicits or on the order forms. Or I, I don't, like I, well, I, I, I don't do most of that stuff anymore because ah, I stepped back from the store. So um, gotcha. I only work at the store as fill-in when he's going on vacation or there's a big event and he needs extra hands there. So Sure. Yeah. And, so yeah, there's some doings afoot uh, on that Part and I mean on that part, yeah. And if it wasn't for uh, Agent Seventy, I wouldn't know some of that stuff that was going on in the, in the Thor part either. So it is what it is. Uh, yeah, wait, but Beta so, Ray Bill is still alive, right? He's still around. He's still okay. with. Um, right. He's still around. He's with Guardians of the Galaxy. Okay, that's all I need to know. I'm good. Yeah, he's yeah, he's not going anywhere. All right. Um, or at least we hope we don't just jinx it. But anyway, I, actually, I, I just thought about that. Like, you know what? They would get rid of Bill for some stupid reason. Reason. Uh, Philip, my son Philip actually gets Guardians of the Galaxy, and I always take his digital code right. and throw it into my library. So I actually have this current run. I just haven't read any of them. But there's okay, some- it's been all right. It's been all right so far. Yeah, I mean, I mean you, you know, know, no. What 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 Roddy Cat was going to probably mention is that you know with this whole um, uh, the Thanos centric story, it's actually been pretty entertaining. So, right. So all right. Yeah. Okay. What do you got? Uh, what do you got, Dirt? Oh, okay. Well. <laughs> well, yeah, enough of you, Roddy. Yeah. Um, no, only because only because he only has four books, and you know, actually, uh, I only have two books left. Three, two books left. Yeah. Okay. Um. Well, actually, Roddy, did you read the uh, Q conflict number four? No, because I think I'm an issue behind. Okay. Um. So basically, uh, for for those uh, not in the know, um, the uh, all the great. Celestial beings, Trelane and Q, and, and all these uh, great 
universe warping master race people, whatever you want to call them, uh, of the Star Trek universe have brought together the Defiant from Deep Space Nine, Voyager, uh, the original Enterprise, and the Next Generation Enterprise, and took the the crews and split them up and mix them together and each one represents a different team and they're working for these different uh beings in some contest that q has put together yeah, and so made the contest of champions with the star trek universe right basically um so you get these weird things where it's uh you know spock and Worf for having a conversation and you know kirk and dax have a conversation you know you get this kind of weird stuff going on um but what happens in this particular issue is that Q decides that it's not exciting enough. There hasn't been enough amazing stuff. So he wants to mess with the prophets in the wormhole at Deep Space Nine. So he decides he wants uh, all of these crews to do something that will make the prophets stick their head out of the wormhole and show themselves to the rest of the universe. Uh, which is not a good idea, according to everybody who's ever done right. anything with the prophets. And yet, if you're the Q, because I'm pretty sure they were the one that on the uh, people who could probably get rid of them. Yeah, well, um, let's just say this ends on a cliffhanger, okay. um, and the universe is not safe, apparently. So, mm. uh, it's a bad idea, apparently, to uh, pick at the hornet's nest. Mm. Um, oh. That reminds me of something I wanted to, I'm glad you're here because before you go, we you know what we gotta talk about. Speaking of um DS9 stuff. Oh, the the documentary? Yes. Yeah, so we're, we're yeah. talking about that before you leave. So Okay. Um, but then I do have one other book that I read, and that is Road of Bones, uh, number one. This is from IDW. Um, and this is set in a Russian prison camp, uh nineteen 19- 50 thereabouts. Um, so Stalin is in power and basically you know, you, you say something wrong about him and someone overhears it, you get thrown into a prison camp. You know, you're a mobster, you're a gangster, you get thrown into the prison camp. You steal something, you get thrown into the prison camp. So you have all these different people from all these different ranges of good or bad or, you know, how offensive their actions actually were. They get thrown into these camps and they just get they get worked to death. They get starved. They get beaten. Um, you know, basically, you're just there to do hard labor until you die. Uh, they'll tell you you got 20 years, but then they'll add on 10 years here and five years here. And just, you know, you're basically going to be there until uh, till you're gone. Um, but one of the guys inside this prison camp who uh, he's one of these people said the wrong thing and someone overheard it. And so he got thrown in there. He still believes in like the Russian version of like a gnome or a troll or, you know, some kind of uh, goblin, you know, some kind of uh, weird being. I, you know, and, and they just, they speak about it and they use the Russian terms and they just kind of speak as if everybody understands what this thing is. And I have no idea what it is. Um, but it's, you know, like I said, some sort of goblin or troll or, or gnome or something, uh, but he still believes in it and he is taking food and leaving it on the edge of the camp for this, thing to watch over um where he's at and of course the guards think he's stealing food so he gets beaten worse um and he ends up falling in with a bunch of the other more hardened criminals and he finds an opportunity to escape and so when he makes his escape he and two other guys find themselves in the mountains in siberia trying to get anywhere safe and they realize they don't have enough food uh they're not properly prepared for this and they're looking at a really bad situation and so not to give everything away uh but as it turns out uh monsters are real 
um, the people that you're with, uh, that you, you can put your life in their hands, uh, they may end up doing the wrong thing with it. Uh, but when you're in the most desperate situation, you do the most desperate thing to try to get free. So uh, this is the first issue of a mini series. I think it's four issues, uh, they said. But the story is uh, the guy who wrote it. Apparently, his grandfather was Russian. And so he knew about a lot of the stuff that was going on. I don't know that he was actually in a prison camp. Maybe he was, but he knows a lot of uh, what was going on at the time. So it's written uh, with a lot of the knowledge of what life was like in these places and, and what was really going on. But the artwork is, it's this really sketchy. Um, the colors are almost like paint splatter. Um, it looks really good. Uh, being IDW, it's on that really slick, glossy mm -hmm. paper. Um, so it has this really good effect to it overall where things are really dark and there's like little pops of color so you can kind of see what's going on. Um, but it, 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 it's really a, a dark, claustrophobic book. It looks dirty. It looks grimy all the time. So the art style really fits uh, the story that's going on. Um, so I just really enjoy it uh, You know, from top to bottom. It's a great story. Uh, it's really good artwork. Um, um, I, I like stuff that has kind of that historical bent to it. Mm -hmm. uh, to me, it just makes it a little more interesting than just your standard kind of comic stuff. So altogether, this is probably the best book I've read this week. Um, maybe even one of the best books I've read this month. Nice. By any chance, was there a mention of the Baba Yaga? Sure. <laughs> no, I don't think that came up. But uh, uh, they, they might have talked about a babushka at one point. <laughs> okay. <laughs> God. <laughs> anyway oh my gosh all right so um what do you got roddy before we go into rapid fire well we'll finish up the the uh the world of realm stuff and which is pretty much rapid fire anyway um so wait do we do we have a new one you read jenny in the mystery right yeah yeah good jenny in my water realm joining mystery number three um so here we have a nice, nice little other misadventure with the the team. They end up going off roads and finding themselves somehow into uh, an old west town. I thought they time traveled for a second, but you know, this is, like they went back to fourteen seventy two, but that was not the case. End up meeting some familiar uh, western ghosts um, that they end up um, fighting. And um, yeah, it's a it's a weird fun book for this way. There was a little misunderstanding, but uh, I think it gets settled in. Right, and there's a twist at the end. So you know, just as a quick recap, these are the babysitters, right? These are Odin's the 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 most recent, the youngest Odin's daughter, Lausa, and uh, these the these particular this kind of ragtag group of heroes has been tasked with being babysitters, right, and, and guarding her. Yes, and apparently the the daughter has more in common than in Loki than he does with or than she does possibly with um her parents. Right. There's a lot there's a lot probably to unpack in the next issue. We are three issues in. But yeah, it was fun to see, you know, the um the ghosts of Marvel's Western past um kind of uh make an appearance in this issue and uh and 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 uh you know kind of lead us into the next chapter of the story uh you know when it comes to revealing what it is uh what lausa really is yeah and wonder man's taste in westerns are weird and not great you would you would think it that that whole conversation would have gone the other the other way around well i think that's part of the yeah that was part of subverting our expectations right yeah basically which was a, it was it was fun and 
but yeah, it was weird. Uh, so yeah, that's that. Uh, and uh, well, the last one I have, which we both read, now to think about it, um, Water Realm Strike Force, The Land of the Giants, number one. This is the one we were talking about earlier, um, both before the show and when Dirt Nerd came on, right? Yeah. So this is basically um, a mini within a mini, you might want to say, because they did have a Strike Force book prior to this that actually went through the mission that Cap's team went on. And obviously, and this is also coming from, you know, the main War of the Realms book, which this, which I believe came off of issue two. I want to say this does say like, hey, read, I think read issue three or two or three before reading this one, something like that. I know one of them this week did stay set up, but I think it was this one because it was time. Regardless, no, so this we- just says this says read War of the Realms one through three. This is actually the only one, right? This is uh, of the Strike Force issues that have come out. This is the one um, that has dealt with this mission specifically, because the no. other ones were the other ones were um, you know dealt with um, Freya's team and with Captain Marvel's team. So this is Cap's team. Oh, that was another book that dealt, unless that was in the main book, and I'm, and I'm that was the main book. Yeah, yeah, you're blurring it a little bit because they do deal with the they do deal with the beginning and the end of this mission in the main book. But I felt like they went through this mission, you know, skipping a couple of things, obviously that that they that they did in this book. But like up until past when they found Thor, like this kind of goes into the stuff between so their mission, Cap's mission with his team with the, was basically the Marvel Knights was to go to Jotunheim and get Thor because he was trapped there. Right. So they do that, and then that was shown in another uh, another book. That was shown in the main series, right? Because they needed to bring Thor back into the main series in issue number four. That's three That's the case. Yeah. Okay. So then, so this kind of fills in some stuff that, and I don't think it really needed to be filled in, but it was still a good read. So that's why I'm I'm, I'm okay with it. So this kind of fills in some stuff that you see in that other issue that did just kind of flesh out a little bit more. Oh, it's a lot of fun, and I think what yeah. I like about this is that um, there's a lot of great character interaction that gets glossed over if all you're reading is the miniseries, the main miniseries, where there really is not a lot of um, character interaction and very little in the way of um, deep storytelling. A lot of it is just moving, making sure uh, the pieces are moving from A to B as um, uh, you know, as the game board kind of uh, uh moves along as the war gets fought so um this issue really did a great job of uh, of filling in this particular space and i disagree in that i thought that this really did a lot to um to fill in this particular uh, this particular story whether or not it needed to be the 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 main purpose of this uh, of of um of their mission is to bring thor back so they needed to have thor back in time for um war of the realms number 4 yeah, we're seeing another um, issue. So. Right. But my point is, um my point is like we actually get to see, you know, this mission actually take place. We don't actually see, you know, all we see is all we see in the, before was I think the um uh them getting sniped at and then finding Thor. Um but uh in the interim there's a lot of little character bits in this that were really well worth the read. And um, some of it was, you know, laugh out loud worthy, which yeah. is really uh, a welcome sight. You know, it was well, a welcome read. Yeah, I mean, we do in the other book, we do see a little bit more of that because even it goes past where the uh, Thor's thunder, uh, berserker rage and kind of 
them heading they, back home, essentially. Right, exactly. That's it. They just sort of drag them back home. So, um, but so yeah, so this is kind of in in between all of that. Like I said, just I don't know. It's, I wouldn't say necessary. It is a fun read and all that, but I'm I'm more curious as to how they're going to like. I'm pretty sure they already have it mapped out as to how they're going to do this in trade. I mean, some of it some of it's pretty self explanatory. Uh, but the way they kind of jump around and, and the books are not coming out. Obviously, when they get to the trade, everything will be out by the time, so they'll have everything in the order that they would want it to be. But, you know, as we're getting them now, some stuff should be like, hey, this has already happened. Matter of fact, we were having an issue before where some stuff happened uh, in one of the books that already came out that hadn't happened yet in the, either the main book or whatever the case may be. And now we get, we're going back to the opposite situation where, hey, this stuff's already happened, but we're just kind of filling in some stuff you know, going into it or whatever the case may be. Um. Anyway, so that's that. It's a it's a pretty interesting. I think uh, you were saying something about the last note on this was you were saying something about there was a a movie ish quality to the. Humor. Oh, and I think and I think just as a quick as a quick note, this issue as well as a number of issues uh, that came out this week that were War of the Realms related, read very much like they were. Uh, taken out of uh, the Marvel Cinematic Universe, where even in the midst of all-out war, there's still you know moments of levity, and some of them are really written in at some of the weirdest, but still very you know uh, uh, they're, they're they're written in at the funniest times or the weirdest times, but they still they're welcome they're welcome uh, breaks in the story. You know, there's a bit in here about uh, one of the uh, the Valkyries. Um, uh, Pegasus type horses, and um, you know it's it, it's a running gag throughout the book, and it's 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 done pretty well. Yeah, damn shame, but they did that horse. But anyway, so just to let y'all know, there are eight event. I'm assuming there are eight uh, World of Realms tie-ins this week. So that just shows you how, yeah, how big this is. The ones you know, and we're not even getting to it because there was a couple of we hadn't read, and some of them we weren't reading it at all. But you know, they're just like side stuff anyway. Next up, um, I guess we can go into rapid fire. Spinning it up. Um, all right, all right. Gotta do mine because I think I got the longer list than 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 most of y'all, and I can do this fairly quick. Go ahead. Um, Doctor Strange number 14. So you would think being a, 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 a Herald of Galactus, you wouldn't have to ask, stop and ask for directions. Yes, and yet he did. So he's not a true Herald. I'm going to just go ahead and put that off the bat. But um, if you don't know the story, uh, he's he's trying to... Galactus got trapped in the magic realm. They're trying to get him out of there uh, or trying to get him some sustenance. And it didn't seem to be going away because the meeting was resistance all of the way until they get somewhere and find out. Lo and behold, it's a trap by one of Doctor Strange's enemies, as we see at the end of this. Um, so that was pretty cool. And of course, uh, Doc still has feelings for Clea. No big surprise. Uh, let's see, where did it? Miles Shuri number eight. So still, she's still dealing with this big space grasshopper. It's back again, and apparently, Bruno Bruno Mars type person uh, is a figure in Wakanda. If you read the issue, you'll understand what I'm talking about. But they end up doing battle with the big space cricket again, um, and at the same time, 
one, Shuri has taken over the mantle of Black Panther again because T'Challa's still out in space. And she's also trying to figure out why her the powers that she's already had have been failing her. Um, and she's started going to find that out. But at the end of this issue, I, she's uh, someone she's trusted has seems like they've betrayed her. Uh, we'll find out more about that next issue. X-Force number eight. It's a lot of fighting in this issue, which apparently Ed Brisson likes, uh, likes his uh, actions. Because I think I have not read of uh, uh, an, an issue of this yet that hasn't had like a loose one has been pretty much one big long fight <laughs> with some with some uh, stuff going in the midst of it. But in this case, the team made it to the future. They're trying to find uh, K- Young Cable, um, and they come across some of his people, and then they get attacked. And they run across somebody who apparently they they should know who should know them, but they don't because they came too early. But it's basically big one or two big fights, and Cable's over in the corner, rotten from the techno virus. Um, that's eating them up. But we'll see how that goes. Oh, and Rachel's there, but she's just she just looks like she's about to have a, a factor next issue. Clue candlestick number one. Now I know um, of the of the panel, both um, uh, PC underscore Dirt and I enjoy the movie. It's safe to say. Yes, indeed. This is not that. However. <laughs> And this definitely does not have anything to do with... I mean, granted, it is still Clue, so there is a lot of that. And in fact, it takes more inspiration from the the board game going so far that if you pick up a a physical copy, they have, like, cutouts of new cards in the back that you can use with the board. Something Hmm. like it goes that far. But this pretty much sticks to... Like, it's got a real interesting art style, but it basically plays close to... It's like... So you know they made a battleship movie a while back, so they basically tried to make a movie out of a board game, uh, as opposed to the way they did Clue in the first place. They're basically doing something like that, but in comic book form. Well, uh, yeah, because I, I, you know, thought I'd get around to reading this at some point, but the original <laughs> series was basically just a murder mystery, right? And with- this is. Also, but that was trappings on top, yeah, right. But that was a more modern interpretation. This one's kind of, kind of, sort of goes back to, I guess, more of the classic board game, mm. to, in a sense. You'll 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 see what I'm talking about when you read it. Okay. Um, but it kind of sticks closer to that than the the what it did with the modern stuff. I'll put it that way. Uh, I I hesitate to say if you are a fan of. Obviously, if you're a fan of the movie, this is not going to do any good. However, if you are that much of a fan that you are interested in the Clue comic book, maybe read the other one. Uh, thumb through this one if you see it in the book, although I know they're framing it at the stores, but see if it might be something you might want to check out. It's interesting, but not interesting. I don't know. I can't say whether it's going to be interesting enough to kind of sit through. Mm. With the exception, unless you like the board game and you want to get some of that the stuff that they were putting in the back of the book. Yeah, I the the one thing that really disappointed me in the first one is that they started out, the first series started out as if they were going to play to the same sensibilities of the movie, right. where they had the first issue had three different endings, um, you know the 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 narrator was talking to yep. the person reading the comic, mm-hmm. um, so it just had that kind of loose funny sensibility. But by the end of it, they kind of dropped all that and it just turned into a straight murder mystery. 
Yeah, yeah, and the the narrator ended up being unreliable, and all kind of stuff happened with that one. It still was all right, but yeah, they kind of kind of lost the thread on that one. This one kind of sticks. So far, in this one, kind of sticks. Like basically, it's like, hey, what if we put an actual story to the board game, mm-hmm. which they kind of, I guess, in a way, they kind of did with the board game, but you know, nevertheless, they're kind of sticking with that with this. Got it. I don't know. Like I said, it's something I would I would be curious to see what uh, you think about it when you read it. All right. Uh, let's see. And I believe I that might be my last. Actually, that is yes, that is my last book. Alrighty, uh, let me uh, wrap up my last few books. Uh, War of the Realms, New Agents of Atlas, number two. Again, I think this book is fun, but it suffers from new character overload. It's so overwhelming. There's so many characters that the vast majority of uh, Marvel Comics readers are going to be um, confused as to who is from where and doing what. Um, thankfully, um, Greg Pock fill, uh, uh, sprinkles in a few familiar characters so that we at least have some, um, frame of reference for the story. Um, just as a brief overview, this is the group of heroes tasked with, um, combating the forces of Malekith that have spread across, um, Asia and the Pacific. So, that's the, that's the, the, the focus of the story. And, once you figure out that that geographical area is so big and these various heroes are from such different and disparate places and far away places distant from each other distant from the you know the you know each each country is so distant distant from the other that uh the story actually the way the story plays out makes a ton of sense in that they have to regroup they have to not all uh, fight on separate fronts and they have to organize themselves under the under the brand of atlas and uh, that's the really the crux of this story and i believe there's still one if not two more issues in this miniseries so we'll see how this plays out this is um a pretty uh interesting read simply because we're still trying to get to know a lot of these characters and their personalities i know that some of these characters are getting spin-off series, uh, spin-off solo series coming out of this event. So we'll learn more about their personalities there. But uh, it's it's been an interesting ride because, like I said, it's a little bit of new character overload for me. Um, War of the Realms Uncanny X-Men number two, it fits in chronologically in a weird space because one of the characters in here is dead in the regular Uncanny X-Men book. And that really does... Uh, jar the senses and makes it a bit strange to read um you know there's some interesting twists with that character that refer back to some as guardian um crossover stories from way way back involving the new mutants so that's a big clue as to uh, as to what this could be um uh referring to so you know if if it wasn't for this story and the way it turned you know, you would think that this would just be kind of a standalone, but you have to know that now this happens before the events of Uncanny X-Men number 17. And um, also, apparently, we do still have one more Valkyrie left, and that's Danny Moonstar. So, right. oh, 
we're going to get a tough one. So. Right. So at this point, she's the last one standing. Right. Um, and I was about to say, is this before that? Well, I guess it doesn't really matter because this is before Champions also, right? Or around that. Because you remember Cyclops kind of went to Champions and then kind of came back. I guess this probably doesn't even matter because he came it's, back. It's, it's after because I think the group that is hiding out at City Field has grown. Right. And some time has passed based on the art in this book. Um and also uh there's a there's, there's a funny um there's a funny Mets uh reference uh in this what they what they've renamed uh City Field in the wake of War of the Realms. So it's uh, it's it's pretty amusing as a Mets fan. Okay. Cool. That's and it. that's it for me. All right. Dirt. No, I'm done. Oh, okay. Well, then, clicks of the week. Clicks of the week. All right. I barely heard that. Hang on. There we go. That was loud. Yeah, I know. Okay. Uh, Well, mine's going to be Road of Bones. So Road of Bones, number one from IDW. Yep. Um... Yeah. Let's see. I feel like it's a toss-up between two definite ones, but I'm gonna go with uh, my original idea, which was War of the Realms: Strike Force, the Land of Giants, <laughs> number one. That one shot. I had a lot of fun reading it. It was, uh, it was, uh, you know, it, it was a good one-and-done story. Hmm. I think I'm going to go with Miles Morales uh, number six. Miles Morales Spider Man number six. Did Tim have one? Uh, no, I don't see. Didn't see uh, him say anything about it. You might have been sweet. But... Slacker. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but uh, so that is it. Cool. Um, before we get to the ad and before we let. Dirt go. Uh, both Dirt and I separately uh, back a week or so ago went to see um, the documentary uh, What We Left Behind, uh, which was about uh, the Star Trek Deep Space Nine made by the former showrunners and, and such. Uh, I believe it was kickstarted. Uh, yeah, it was Kickstarter or Indiegogo. I forget which. Yes. Or, or both, maybe. It might have been both. Yeah. There were uh, a lot of names. Uh, if you, if yeah, you it really it, they it, it went on forever. Forever. Yeah, what they did on, on that was pretty funny too. It was like because they had like um, Arabera and Kira. You know, it was like yeah, da, 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 da. it was like oh yeah. Then they were talking about the names and whatnot. Anyway, that's the the the, the documentary itself will be on uh, DVD uh, will be on Blu-ray DVD in April. Uh not April, blah, blah, blah. August. In fact, yeah, August sixth is when it's coming out. But um, want to just get, get some quick impressions uh, from from Dirt and from a little bit from myself about it. <laughs> Overall, I liked it. Um, it. It was interesting. It was it was fun to see uh, some of the people out of makeup because they wore so much prosthetics. Um, it 
you could tell that they never really sat down with Avery Brooks. Um, the interview they used, I think, was from something else. Or yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah. Um, so they they didn't really get a chance to to talk with him. Um, and some of the uh, the interviews that they did were like in a group setting, where they had some were from panels from comic conventions, or some looked like they went back to the hotel room afterwards, and they had you know six of them sitting on the couch in a chair, or whatever, and they talked for you know probably two hours, and they took five minutes you know out of uh, these conversations. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's it's funny because he started out. Um, I can't think of the dude's name, but of course, I, the blue goatee, whatever his uh, name is. Ira, Ira Stephen Bayer. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. Uh, he starts out by saying, you know, it's it's all based on memories. Sometimes you get it wrong. Sometimes it, it plays out different in your head than what actually happened. And of course, the documentary is fine until it gets to this point, like the last 20 minutes, where they all of a sudden start debating whether or not the show deserves credit for blazing this frontier or for doing this. Or for, you gonna, yeah. Yeah. And it was just like, like, what are you even talking about? Like, well, what? so I, I, to a point, I get some of that because some of the, some of the stuff that they're talking about uh, was basically like, well, some of the safe stuff we see in shows like um, Game of Thrones, for instance. So there was like so basically there was like cause they even brought it up somewhere in the documentary. It was like yeah, well we were basically one of the first ones to do this. Like the show was dark, not necessarily that dark as that, but but they were the first ones to get serialized, do serialized stuff, right. and you know things happened and it was dark and you know just they did they did whole season arcs, which was exactly. something we didn't see in a lot of shows and especially not in a syndicated. Exactly, but we see more of that stuff now. So they kind of brought up the fact that hey, this is stuff that they're doing now that you know basically oh. You, they may as well have said it's like they owe it to this to, to the show, which kind of did, which you know. Um, so yeah, there was a lot of that, but I mean, it's a documentary stuff like that's gonna happen, you know. Like whether you call it a pat on the back or whatever you want to call it, there, there's always gonna be a little bit of depending on who's making the documentary. There's always gonna be some. Well, this is it. This is a you know, this is the thing we want to bring up and so 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 so. It is what it is on that one. Uh, yeah. But- well, I was gonna say, it's really a shame that they didn't talk to Avery Brooks because, uh, one, he is you know the star of the show, but second, he's such a really interesting person. Uh, yeah. Just, just like they talk about, uh, uh, you know, what is it like to talk to him? And people say, well, he never talks in these these whole sentences. He's just like jazz, and it right. cuts to the next person. They're like, he speaks in jazz, and it cuts to the next person. He's jazz, cuts to the next person, jazz. And right. then they got a shot of Avery Brooks talking, and he's doing these like three word sentences that kind of go together at a right angle that aren't exactly following, you know, and it's, it would have been so much fun to see like a real, you know, in-depth interview with him as part of this. So it's a shame that they didn't, they didn't get to do that, but I kind of wonder about that because it's like, I know he's here. I mean, he's still, he's still around, I think. Yeah. He's still doing shows. He's still doing stuff yeah. and, and whatever. So uh, for whatever reason, it just never worked out. But, um, um, you know, some of the stuff that they talk about, though, it's it's back in the, the 90s when you're watching this stuff um, and, and I guess late 80s, actually, when it started, yeah. um, you were more in a vacuum 
uh, watching this stuff because unless you had friends that were really into it and watched it every week that you could talk to, it was really more just like you're watching the show and then it's done and you're like, wow, that was cool. And then maybe a couple months later, there's an article on like a star log or something that comes along, but it wasn't really the way we have today where, where everything's flying back and forth. Right. And we didn't have like the internet as we do now. Right. So for me, the, the thing that, that really, I never really thought about when I watched the show and I watched uh, Jake and his dad, to me, it was a father and son story. Mm -hmm. And the documentary goes on about how, you know, CNN talked about TV shows of the nineties and homicide life on the streets was different Mm -hmm. because there are times where there'd only be black actors on screen. And that was something you didn't see on television and no one else would do that on television. And then they show these shots from deep space nine where it's, the black actors, it's his family, it's Jake and his, his mom and, you know, and everybody in these scenes. But to me, I guess living in the vacuum of the time, I never, all I ever saw was it's a family, right. you know, like it's a dad and his son. Like that was what I always took away from it. Mm-hmm. And it, it. All that other stuff that you can, you can put on it, but that wasn't the point of it. So you can, you can point to it, but I think it gives it, it, it tries to, to, put too much into it because it's not it's not like that's how it's marketed it's not like that's how it's sold because it no, is i mean it's a family it's a family story it's this father and son and their bond how they come so close together after the death of the mom to eventually be torn apart by the prophets and the fact that he's the emissary right but i see the point they were making because it is a true point and i'm coming from probably a different uh yeah well obviously yeah. Thing than you are because it while that was the case, it was not something that you saw on TV. And, and you might as well say, even now, you really don't see it that much. Uh, where one black lead actor and the son, uh, you know, being a positive role model for his dad, you don't really see that because a lot of times you you see portrayals of dads, much less black dads in shows. It's always, you know, something about crime or drugs or something like that or abuse or something like that. So this was like one of the shows that actually had a positive, you know, cop show side and whatever those, you know, had positive, you know, right. uh, role for the black man, his son, his son in the family, like you said, all of that in the show. And they didn't talk about the whole, which I guess that wasn't the whole thing about, because around in the middle of, well, I guess they kind of did. Uh, the middle of the show was when CW kind of started happening and UPN and, and that whole thing happened which means like between that and voyager time slots kept getting changed and you you know you would even see in here and won't see it here when you said because i remember that it was kind of pissy but that they they, they they touched on it but they didn't really you know get them so far they they brought up the dax stuff which i thought was interesting but i'm kind of slightly surprised although i probably see why they didn't let them two talk because they brought up terry farrow's side of it and then they talked to the girl who plays Ezra, but they didn't never did really bring it together about it was like well how did you know not saying that they would have or should have it was like well how did one feel about the other being you know whatever happened to the other one so yeah so it's it's i mean in some ways it felt kind of shoehorned and again like i said it's you know when when you're watching tv back then it was really in a vacuum unless you you've got a lot of other people around you watching it so it was kind of weird the way they went into some of that stuff um and really how much of it 
you know, again, he started out the the documentary by saying it's revisionist history. It's it's, you know, the, the way you want to tell the story more than the way the story actually was. Um, so that was kind of weird. And, and that, but that was really at the end, like that was the last like 20 minutes. It almost felt kind of tacked on, like they got to a certain point and they're like, well, we, we let's throw this stuff on the end and wrap it up, you know? Um, yeah. But, I mean, I think, and I know there's going to be some more stuff when they're, 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 they're suggesting that there was a lot of stuff that got cut. That oh, I'm sure there's hours and hours of stuff. Yeah. So, but, but the other thing that was interesting was when you stayed afterwards. Yes. I was uh, gonna they showed that. They, they had the roundtable discussion with the producers on the show, and I, it never occurred to me the entire time I'm watching this, but you're watching it on a movie screen, and you're watching this you know, digital high-definition projection, and the scenes from the show come on, mm-hmm. and, and it didn't occur to me those are widescreen shots. Those are mm-hmm. HD shots, and the show was obviously not HD. Right. And it wasn't in widescreen. It was, you know, back in your four by three televisions. So until they brought it up at the end, it, it, I, you know, it, it never, you know, uh, crossed my mind. And then, oh, yeah, that's right. It wasn't widescreen. So they talked mm-hmm. about how they had to go back in the vault and they had to pull the raw film and get the film scanned in. And then once they got it scanned in from CBS, there was no color correction. There was no, you know, wiping of dust particles. They had to clean it all up. And, and then they had to frame it. To, to, to look at the shots and to, to kind of line some stuff up and all that kind of yeah. thing. And they got the original, um, I forget what his production coordinator, I think is what yeah. his name was. Our director of photography. Photography, yeah, yeah. And he came in and he looked at the colors and he's like, no, this should be more blue and that should be more green. And, you know, we're, they were able to tweak it so it looked more like the way it should have looked, um, you know, as opposed to the way the film came out. So uh, I thought that was that was a lot when the, when the conversation started. In that extra thing at the end, I was like, oh, this is so boring. See, and I was thinking kind of the same way because I'm like, okay, they're talking too much tech for this to go somewhere about the actual thing. Like, I got what they were doing. I was thinking, I was like, are they going to announce um, DS9 on HD? Yeah, that's what I was hoping for. Right. Uh, but they never never took that step. It's it's just that they all the work that they had to do to make it HD. And so once they got into it and they started once they started showing the shots side by side and you know swiping between the two different the TV version and the HD version, then it was like, okay, this is starting to get interesting. But it took a while for that conversation to rev up to it. Right. It's like, do we just end this thing for just a little tech thing? Which I'm into for for certain reasons, but I'm like, everybody was going to be there. And there were a couple people that ended up leaving, but I was like, okay, I'm going to sit this one out. Um, um, There was something else about that I was going to say. Well, the... um, there was a throwaway line about, well, maybe from this documentary, maybe, you know, something could happen on the lines of, you know, they were doing HD. You know, it was a kind of a throwaway line. You right. that, but it was like, I don't know, CBS didn't seem like they care enough to do it. Although they have been, they've done, did they ever finish TNG? I don't remember. I think they did. Yeah, I know they did all of the original series. I know they've right. been working on next generation. I don't, I don't know if it, I, decided, it I don't know if they finished it. Yeah, I don't know because it's it's weird because Deep Space Nine was in it overlapped with Next Generation and then it overlapped with Voyager mm-hmm. and and it was it felt like it was never really the focus like it was always the redheaded stepchild off to the side yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, which which on the one hand was nice because they were able to do those seasonal arcs as opposed to you know merely episodic uh, you know 
uh, alien of the week, planet of the week stuff. Um, but at the same time, it, it almost puts it to the point where, you know, when, when they started doing the original series, they kind of jumped around on episodes so they could pick what was kind of interesting and where they could kind of, if they knew if they did it for this shot on this episode, then they could kind of steal it and retweak it to use it in another episode. So they kind of leapt around the way they did them. Whereas with deep space nine, if you're going to do that, you have to start at the beginning and you have to go in order all the way through uh, to do it. So that's a much bigger undertaking and a, and a much stronger commitment to get through that show compared to, especially because, you know, the original series was only three seasons. So, right. Well, see, uh, the, the, the funny thing about that is, and, and I've heard that, that um, argument levy, but I'm saying like, I have yet to find a Star Trek show, maybe with the exception of discovery, but I'm not entirely sure that had a strong first season. So like all of them, like even going back like and hell going back to TOS, which that shit got, was already bounced around and got crazy on its own, you know. Um, TNG it had a, you know because they were setting up, you know, setting right. up, setting up stories and, and just kind of some of those are hard to watch from the first season. Yes, it, I do like, especially, especially speaking of uh, DS9, I do like the there was a callback to um, speaking of first season, uh, Move Along Home, which was that was one of their crazier, uh, crazier episodes. Um, you know, in the first season, if you're if you're a DS9 fan, you know what you know what that one is. But I do like the fact that they called, they kind of called it called it up. Yeah, and I also like the fact that they, like I Jeffrey Combs is in every Star Trek series except the original series apparently, but he's in everything nice. at one point or another. And then, like I. I, I remembered in the series that he was a bunch of clones that kept popping up and they would kill him and he would come back and they'd kill him and he would come back. I had actually forgotten about that when uh, they showed that scene. Well, I thought it was funny. I, I never knew the story behind that where they killed him and they were like, man, we really liked having him here. Mm-hmm. Hey, you know what? He's a clone. Let's bring him back. We'll make another one. You know, yeah. I, I didn't know that there was a story behind it. I thought, you know, they were just geniuses that came up with that from the beginning. Who knew that they were just shooting from the hip as they were going along on that. But uh, it was fun to hear some of those stories mm-hmm. in the background. And like the, the guy who played Gul Dukat. Yes. It's so it's so weird to see him without the makeup. But his his voice, he was definitely older. His voice was a little yeah. raspier, but but he was still you could still tell that he was the same guy. Mm-hmm. There's Andrew Robinson, who plays Garrick, is almost a completely different person out of makeup, right. almost a completely different character. But Gal Dukat is like the same dude. Right. Like, yeah, that is absolutely him. Yeah. <laughs> oh, and, um, and it started off with a musical number and who knew Rom could sing? Oh, yeah, that was well. And at first I, I didn't recognize that that was Rom. Oh, how could you not? Because you, I mean, granted, even like if you did like this, you was like, that's totally wrong. Well, I, but in my mind, though, Rom is a lot younger. True. You know, so I just see this, this older, this guy in his, you know, 50s, whatever, uh, mm-hmm. singing. And it, it, it took me a little bit. First, I was like, that's, that's not Vic. So I don't <laughs> know who's this lounge singer guy. Yeah, I'm uh, surprised they didn't have Vic for that part, but you know. Yeah, but still, yeah, it was it was fun overall. They did some interesting, like having the, the musical number at the beginning and the end uh, was interesting. That's the type of thing you don't normally see in something like this. Um, it was also, it was weird. Uh, I, I couldn't tell. He was having the conversation with the little girl and they're sitting in a booth. It looked wow. like a, a like a the lobby of a hotel or something. And, yeah. yeah, and she was like, nine or 10 years old and she's talking like like a 20 year old 
And, and like every time she'd say something, he'd kind of look at the camera and I couldn't tell, like, was he feeding her these lines and just having her say them in order to make this scene? Or is this girl like some sort of Mensa candidate that he ran across? No, she probably knows. I mean, okay, look, Star Trek, you know, the truckers are savvy. So, you know, and they're younger and younger nowadays. So she probably, you know, it's probably all her. I thought of but I did think about that at, at first too. It was like, I'm like it doesn't look like she's just looking at a at a prompt or anything. So I'm like, no, nah, it's probably just all her. Yeah. So. It's weird. But yeah, overall I, I enjoyed it. Like I said, there were some things that kind of uh they were just kind of weird and felt tacked on, but for the most part, overall I, I enjoyed it. And it was yeah. it was fun, especially fun to see it in the movie theater on the big screen. Yes. Yeah. But if yeah, and I think that was a one time thing. So the only other time you'll get to watch it now is when it goes comes out on digital and Blu-ray. Or DVD uh, in, in August. So yeah, it was from uh, it was through Fathom Events. So yes. when you're at the movie theater before the movie starts, you're watching previews and they're showing like the opera and stuff, and you're like, Psh, "I'm never watching any of this garbage. Why is yeah. this on here?" So, but yeah. they do some cool stuff like this too. Yeah, yeah. So, but yeah, it, it was cool. I enjoyed it myself. So I, I was glad to be able to, to uh, go, and I probably will end up picking it up when it comes out when it when it comes out on the thing. Well, and it is on Amazon Video, on oh, Amazon, Amazon Prime. Yeah, oh, it's I already know. there. Yeah. Uh, well, no, 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 no. I mean the the series, not not the documentary. But oh, the okay. I was about to say. Um. So yeah, I, I actually I've I've been watching it. Uh, oh wait, you talking about the the about Deep Space Nine or the Captains or Deep Space stuff? Nine? Deep Space okay. Nine. Yeah, 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 yeah. And oh. I think it's on Netflix too. So. Okay. Well, uh, so I've been watching it through Amazon. I think the yep. Captain might be on uh, Amazon too. It uh, might be because uh, I watched I watched the Picard one, mm. um, but I think that's oh, and, th- and then I saw the Scott Bakula one was on, and I started to watch. It, but I was like, eh, I don't care for the show. So, right. Um, but those are the only two I've ever run across. Mm. Yeah, they, they show them on was it on Epics? Probably that sounds right. Either that or Stars, one of them too. Yeah, Epics or yeah, I forget which one it is. Every so often they have like a free weekend or whatever, and they come across and all. Yeah, I've seen them, but I've actually never fully watched it. But yeah, but so it turns out the other guy that was a part of that was pretty much a part of this is the guy who was behind that. Oh right, 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 right. yeah, because he said that when they were working on the captains, and I was like, right, seeing some reason why they got the footage from from uh, yeah that, that stuff. Yeah. All right. So yeah, well, it's it's a good show. It's like I said, it's definitely worth watching. Yeah, I am seriously thinking about doing a rewatch. <laughs> but, you know, we'll see if that ends up happening. Alrighty. Anyway, but, yep. That's going to do it for me, guys. Thanks. All right, Doug. Take it easy. Take I'll it easy. All right. Ad, sir. Our first ad read of the night as I decompress from all the Star Trek talk. <laughs> Trying not to, like, fall out. I was actually looking at... Um, Star Trek, uh, the official convention, Star Trek Vegas, uh, looking at the guest list. Um, if you were watching the video, you could and see you could see his facial expressions. It was amusing to me. Oh, my God. Oh, the Star Trek. All right. I mean, listen, I'm not a, I'm not the hardcore Trekker that uh, maybe some other folks are. But I know my I know my way around the Star Trek universe. But it's not it's not. Uh, so that's something I'm going to dive into headfirst like that. Um, our first ad read of the night is for Blue Apron's meal delivery service. Blue Apron, fresh ingredients and incredible recipes delivered weekly to your door. Skip the grocery store and make incredible meals at home. With Blue Apron, 
always shipped free right to your home. And now the listeners of the Comic Book Chronicles can get $30 off your first Blue Apron order. To place your first order and get $30 off, and to help keep our show free for you, go to our network website at cspn.us, that's cspn.us, then click on the Keep Our Podcasts free link at the top of the page. From there, scroll down to the Blue Apron link and sign up for your first order. Blue Apron through cspn.us. Do it today. And now we get into the news. It's amazing to me how that one always seems to kick in at the last part. But anyway, uh, we're going to start in with the cinematic news. Okay, I think one of us need, may need to turn down our headphones. Um, but anyway, starting off with cinematic news in that in-game Sebastian Stan reacts to the Hot Tub Time Machine references. Now, why would he do such a thing? Because he was in Hot Tub Time Machine. A, a movie I still have not seen. I've seen it. I think he has like a, like a villain role in it. Right. And the, and this is kind of sad because apparently he says in this that um, uh, he basically said like he was in the theater watching the movie and they made the reference and like he looked around just to see if anybody got it and nobody did. Oh no. He was like, but no one cared. I was a really only one that cared. I'm like, oh sad. It's one of those it's one of those cable movies that I caught. You know, it's not something I saw in the theater. So um it's one of those cable movies and it was fun. I don't remember too much of it and I couldn't believe that it got like at least one sequel. I mean so did um Hangout. Hangout. I mean um what is it? What is that movie? The Hangover. Um, the Hangover? Thank you. Well, oh, The it. Hangover was worth one sequel, not two. That's what I'm saying. So it's a similar situation. And actually, because I, I haven't seen all of that one, but from what I've seen of it, I'm like, eh. Um, anywho, so yeah, that is that. Speaking oh. of Avengers Endgame. All right. Avengers Endgame passes Avatar at the domestic box office. We're coming up. We're catching up. Yeah, we so. brought it up last week and it finally happened. So, Endgame has officially passed Avatar at the domestic box office, making it the second highest grossing U.S. domestic release of all time. As of May 19th, Endgame's total North American gross was $770.8 million after four weeks in release. Avatar finished uh, with $760.5 and now has dropped to number three on the all-time domestic box office. So... Um, and it doesn't really matter because it's all going to Disney anyway. Uh, so, uh, I looked at Box Office Mojo the other day, I think it was earlier this week, just to see where it was, because I still haven't seen Endgame for the second time. I might do it over this weekend before Godzilla comes out. Mm-hmm. So, but in terms of worldwide, um, I still think Avengers in second, but it's closing fast, because it's at 2.624, and I think Avatar's at 2.78, so that's really not much left but obviously um it's going to lose some steam um when godzilla hits but i think in terms of uh, memorial day weekend if you're if you're going out to see you know one of basically two or three movies that are out in the you know this week um actually wait aladdin comes out this weekend yeah so that's going to be another big one too 
Although I haven't heard very good reviews about uh, Aladdin, so you know it could be split up amongst the the grownups who want to go see John Wick, you know the kids who want to you know see Aladdin maybe. Yeah, well, never underestimate Disney fans proper. However, yeah, I think even still, I, I can't imagine that one getting all that. I mean, it's probably gonna be it's, uh, clearly it's gonna make some money, right? But you know. Um, that being said, um, AMC Stubbs A-List is now the top movie ticket plan in the U.S. I just thought I'd put that in there. Okay. That's not in the... Because, you know, the, it's basically a movie pass type thing, and but this is... But, um, but for AMC movies. Okay. And that was... Uh, so, surprisingly enough, where movie pass is slightly failing, uh, surprise, surprise, AMC's uh, uh, similar thing is actually doing some numbers. And well, actually- yeah, I, I, you know, what I was going to say is I think uh, uh, it's probably due to, I mean, there's definitely some loyalty to AMC. They've had, uh, what was it, the Stubbs program? That's what that is, yeah. So, uh, well, it's part of that. So Stubbs is like the the intro thing and the A-list is the, hey, see X amount of movies. Program. Right, that's what I was going to say. But it started with the Stubbs thing and then right. once... Uh, because that's what I remember, you know, that, that's what I remember uh, even before, um, whatchamacallit, MoviePass came out. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it's not, you know, like uh, for those of us who don't go to the movies that often, none of that is all, ever really worth it. But, um, you know, for those of us who uh, frequent the movies a lot, then, you know, I think that's the ticket for you. That's the, you know, no pun intended. That's the ticket for you. It would be a thing. It would have been a thing. It would still actually um, be a thing that would get me to go to more movies. Yeah, you know, had mm-hmm. a funder and whatnot. And and there was if there was one that didn't serve just a specific theater, you know, like if movie pass, well, movie pass is still around, but even that, we don't know how they're going to if they're going to be around too much longer. Right, you might not be around next year. <laughs> um, but anyway. That's enough. That I just thought I'd bring that up because you know that that is a viable thing for those who want to see movies multiple times. Uh, next up, let's you. Uh, yep, Marvel's Robert Downey Jr., Ming Na Wen, and John Favreau become Disney legends. Um, so apparently, this is like their Hall of Fame thing. Okay, I guess. Um, so obviously, Downey's being recognized for his being Tony Stark. Ming-Na Wen is the voice of Mulan, which I, I still call back to the fact that we unintentionally had a had a reference from from that movie, that, which I still have yet to see. Uh, but she also plays uh, Melinda May in Agents of Shield, and oh yeah, she was also a Disney princess in Wreck-It Ralph number two, which I still have not seen. Uh, and John Favreau, who you know did the Iron Man movies, uh, the Avengers, executive produced a couple of the Avengers movies, the rest of the Avengers movies. And was Happy Hogan. And directed the Jungle Book, the live Well, yeah, but yeah. Remake. Sticking to the Marvel front. Right. So, already. So, so basically, let's see, Bob Iger said at D23, uh, Disney Legends Awards is the highest honor we can bestow. It's a recognition of talent, a celebration of achievement, and an expressive expression of profound gratitude to the remarkable win and memory. Um, that made blah, blah 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 blah. Anyway, yeah, it's basically their Hall of Fame type situation seemed like, which I've never heard of it before this time. So that's interesting. Anyway, 
I'm sure there's a list out there who's who's been in it, who made the cut. Next, next up, uh, with some time to go still, um, Star Wars Episode Nine: Rise of Skywalker released uh, 18 character photos as well. I think you, do you have a story in here about the other photos that came out? Um, I thought they were all in here, and for some strange reason, they're not showing up at all in this in this um, in this thing. That's but a- and yeah, there was I know there was one of a new character that's been making the rounds. Uh, yeah, that was I think it was a I think it was a magazine article. That's why I asked. I think it was Entertainment uh, yeah, Weekly or something like that. Right. Yeah, but I don't have that one in here. Right, that's what I was gonna say. Um, but uh, but yeah, no. Uh, but bottom line is we've got some teaser images of um, some of the characters in uh, Star Wars Nine, and um, as uh, and and as I mentioned earlier, there's other. Uh, pictures floating around in news articles as promotion for this movie that's still you know not coming out until the end of the year uh of um i thought that helmet looked a lot like the maker's helmet you know reed richards from uh, the (laughs) ultimate Ultimate universe i'm glad i wasn't the only one who thought you know or or it looked like uh you know there were there's a couple of different turbos from um from the Marvel Universe, I think, uh, or Rocket Boot Man. I, you know, like, that's not his name, but, you know, the, there's, I think the character's name is Turbo. Mm-hmm. He was in ROM Space Knight. You know, th- there's a couple of different Turbo helmets, and I think this looks like one of them, but more more, more like the Maker's Helmet from um, Ultimate Reed Richards. So um, right. there's that character. I think that's Carrie Russell's character. Mm. So... Um, but yeah, that's those those are making the rounds. So feel free to uh, check out our show notes and click on the link and look for that story. Yeah, and there was a picture with Oscar Isaac with Billy D. Williams and the Falcon. And like they're just kind of chilling. That was kind of amusing. And like I said, the other one with the new character, who whoever that is. Um, but next up, speaking of um, Rise of Skywalker, how long Star Wars: The Rise of Skywalker takes place? After the Last Jedi, so here's an article finding out. Hey, when when does this take place in the timeline? Uh, or I should we should say how long after Last mm-hmm. Jedi does this take place? Because you know there's always time jumps in these things. Um, and apparently it is some length that I can't see here right off the bat. And you know what? Just as well, moving right along. Next up, uh, Star Trek. Picard's new teaser trailer is full-bodied with rich oak flavors. So apparently the next original series is going to expand upon the world of Star Trek, with uh, which follows the and goes into the future and follows the retirement of Jean-Luc Picard. Um, it's going to be him making wine on his family's farm. Okay. Actually, probably not, but... You know. Actually, you know what? It probably will start out that way, because I want to say it's probably... Um, Obviously, it takes place after the end of uh, TNG. So there, and there was been have been references to um, the 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 last uh, show of, of TNG. So, and I'm pretty sure by the time this comes out, the people will be watching this. I still have yet to watch this trailer though, but I hear it looks all right. So, okay, next. Uh, Justice League fans have raised over 10k for a Snyder Cut release. Let it go, folks. Go. Gosh, let it go. Uh, uh, 
Um, there was another. That's what, I was gonna say that's Roddy Cat out here uh, quoting more Disney movies. Um, <laughs> you know what? I told, and once again, totally didn't did, didn't do that on purpose. <laughs> anyway, we're moving on to our next story. We'll leave that one alone in the past. Yeah. Um, you can actually hear Robert Pattinson say, "I'm Batman." Thanks to a Twilight commentary track. I don't even think he has that kind of accent. I'm just poking fun at, I'm poking fun at the fact that he's, uh, you know, at, at least from the British Isle, somewhere from the United Kingdom. Hmm. Um, so, yeah, lots of people are not prepared for Robert Pattinson being cast as Batman and Matt Reeves, the Batman. Mm-hmm. So it's funny that you can see this um, and hear him say it as part of a Twilight commentary track. Yes. Um, used to call me Batman. Now they call me Batman. I don't know. I can't, that doesn't work. Anyway, so yeah, that was, I think I alluded to this article last week. I figured I'd put it in. This is Roddy Cat breaking out the, the whatchamacallit? What was that? The, uh, 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 they used to call me crazy. Now they can call me Batman. That was from, um, what movie was that? Yes. Thank you. I was about to say, that's a crazy show. Mm-hmm. The, uh, the principal. That's right. Go Claw. Yeah. Shout out to Easy Reader. Um, the CW and Netflix will not renew streaming partnership, which means that all of the, that, um, which I should go so far as to say, hey, guess what? Season seven of The Flash, oh, excuse me, season seven of Arrow and whatever the last season, uh, probably six of The Flash have been put on Netflix. Probably won't be there for long. But, um, yeah, so their partnership was basically was like, hey, the CW, you know, put up the shows, but when they get to the season, they would put them up like X amount of days after the season uh, comes out. I think it's usually around the start of the, the next season, but it's usually not long after, so people have been kind of using that to catch up and binge and whatnot. Mm. Um, but apparently, old bets are off, or going to be off. Okay. Uh, next up... Uh, for for the that stuff going forward, some I know it's got a couple of people bummed out that you can't catch up. They won't be. It's going to go to the DC Universe app. We would hope that's the case. Um, but it doesn't. There has been no real. There's been no real talking about that. So, but you would think that would be the logical step. Anyway, next up. Uh, Pretty Little Liars star Drew Van Acker has apparently signed on to DC Universe's Titans with reports suggesting he's going to play Garth, uh, also known as Aqualad. Yeah, the other Garth. Which, that confused me for a second. I was like, wait, this Beast Boy's name is Garth, and then this is the other Garth, but I'm not familiar with the Aqualad person. No, Beast Beast Boy's name is actually Garfield. So they use Garth. No, they use yeah, they 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 shorten it to Gar. Or they would call them actually they would call both of them Gar, or at least one at a time. One or there was a one book I was reading, they would call him Gar for short. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it's Gar. Yeah, they usually shorten it to Gar. Right. So anyway, regardless, they the apparently there's going to be an aqua there will potentially be an aquamat if this report is true. I still haven't finished that mess. Um John Wick, chapter four gets May 2021 release date. Yeah, that was a text message I kind of smiled at. 
I got that text message from uh, the John Wick people, and I was like, okay, so that was a pretty quick confirmation for the next sequel. I know, right? It was like the movie just came out. Give it, you know, give it a second to breathe before you go ahead and do this. But apparently, they already had it in the works. But I guess that that might be the trend. Like maybe they, I'm like, I, I don't know if they actually did this or not, but maybe they filmed two movies back to back, like they did, like you know, like the the Marvel movies have done. Well. With- I was about to say, if, in some some of the recent interviews promoting uh, Parabellum, you know, Chapter Three, what uh, Stahelski, the director, said uh, is that he and Keanu apparently have ideas to take the story going forward for a while. So uh, there may be a number of sequels, and as long as as long as the story remains vibrant and Reeves is up to it, they may be churning these out like Rambo movies, but better. Or Fast and the Furious, you know. Well, remember Fast and the Furious? They dropped, you know, like the the, the main cast dropped out for number three, and they didn't all come back until number four. A number of years afterwards, this is coming out pretty rapid fire. No pun intended. <laughs> yes, and the there isn't really a, a main cast outside of Keanu, and uh, you know, you can say um, the Continental, right? The the guys at the Continental, Chiron and and Winston, right. So, oh, I don't know. I, I've still yet to see three. I'm looking forward to it when I get around to it. But oh, you got to see it. It's a lot of fun. I know. I want to. I want to actually see it in the theater because I haven't seen the other two since I haven't seen the other two in the theater. I'm like, oh, hey, catch it. Just catch, catch a matinee. Yeah, you don't necessarily need to see it in IMAX. I didn't see it. In oh, I wasn't gonna do that anyway. Mm. No, uh, I haven't seen a movie in IMAX, and I don't know how long. Um, so yeah. Good on that, I guess. I can tell you since when. Since uh, Endgame. But anyway. (laughs) Go on. Moving on. Next up. Next up. I think that's you. All right. Uh, Let's see. DC Super Pets. God. Animated film shifts to May 22nd, 2022 to get away from John Wick Chapter 4. No, I'm kidding. No, that's what it actually says here. Oh, that's hysterical. This was likely due to the recent dating of Lionsgate's John Wick Chapter 4, which landed on the same May 2021 slot. Ha ha! Yeah, that's why, that's why I put this here. I'm like, really? That's, that's I didn't read it because uh, I had to click on the extension of the story first. I just read the headline right. and made that joke offhand, and there it was. <laughs> so you were on point and didn't even know it. That's hysterical. Yeah. But, hey, that's the thing. Um, uh-oh, don't, don't you do it. Uh, Michelle Rodriguez joins Fast and Furious 9 after studio agrees to bring on a female writer. Okay. Okay. So Letty wants some, you know, wants wants some, uh, some, some female voices in the writer's room and that's fine. And it's great. You know, there's really nothing to say about that, but that, um, because we're no one because I think this is that's actually new news because you know she had said that she wasn't gonna do it, but I don't recall them saying why she was dropping out of it outside of like I thought it was like a money dispute or something, but this is the first time we may have heard that this could have been part of the issue, assuming that's what it was. So, hey, there you go. Um, Next up, contests Atlas Comics film deal. So we talked about that film deal where uh, somebody bought uh, the library of Atlas Comics and planned on doing film stuff to it. 
apparently Dynamite Entertainment uh, is contesting the language used in the announcement. Um, it's not the characters or the book titles that's concerned, but rather the name Atlas Comics, which so it's the name itself that there's a contention with, and I assume Dynamite is going to fight it for some reason. That I'm sure they have a vested... Oh, here we go. Dynamite has used Atlas Comics branding to denote limited edition signed comics of some books. So, yeah, that's why they have a. That's why they're they're, they're having an issue with this. But okay. Look, yeah. Next. Ah, the first Terminator Dark Fate trailer has doubled the Terminator trouble. So apparently, the first trailer for the latest attempt at rebooting the Terminator franchise has come. And uh, apparently, it acts as if the last three Terminator films do not exist and acts as a direct sequel to Terminator and Terminator 2, which is... They did that with... um, They did that with Salvation for 3 or one of those movies, I think. They basically glossed over it. Well, you know, this is a bit, apparently just out to ignore all that stuff. So, what are you going to do? Right. But, which I think I still have not seen yet seen three or whatever it was. Because, yeah, I think from Salvation and the other one kind of glosses over three, which nobody likes to, to admit actually happened. Yeah. Spoiler I, alert I haven't it, seen a Terminator movie since Terminator 2. I think I've seen, I'm pretty sure I've seen parts of Salvation and whatever that last one was. Uh, probably in a hotel room. Yes, I just know the names. I've, I, 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 probably because I was sitting in a hotel room and there was nothing to do, and it was on HBO or something. Perfectly happy not having seen any of these movies. All right, apparently uh, all of that gets washed out. <laughs> what's that? So, so apparently all of that gets washed out thanks to this movie. Exactly. Uh, and last but not least, the Goon film enters development at Fox. So yeah, another comic book uh, turned movie. Yay. Mm-hmm. Uh, which I guess this might have been one of the ones that might have been up in the air, up in the air due to the merger, but maybe, maybe not. But I don't know. Gotcha. So that's the thing. Right. Now we move on to, before we move on to um, uh, comic book news, I will bring up really quick that, uh, hey, that Hulu Disney Comcast deal, there's an article in uh, explaining all of that in the show notes. Uh, you can go check that out in the clickbait section. And I also wanted to add that I saw that Marvel's August 2019 solicitations dropped and um, I was looking through them on my way home today. Probably why I wasn't reading my books, which is bad. Um, And uh, uh, just remember, anyone who needs to pre-order stuff from their for their pull list needs to uh, take a look at this stuff and get word to their comic book store ASAP. So, yes, FOC comes for us all. Um, I don't think that's how that goes. Regardless. Um, I don't think we're gonna. We don't have too much news coming out of. Uh, but there's probably gonna be a couple things coming out of Simicids. But they just came out today, so. Mm-hmm. Um, which right. everything else has already come out. Why is Marvel does it sometimes? Sometimes they're the, like the last ones out because they want to be or something. I don't know. Regardless. Alrighty. Um, first up in comic book news, Absolute Carnage spreads to multiple tie-ins this August. As as we mentioned earlier, this is part of the solicitation news. So. Um, lots and lots of, uh, absolute carnage. Um, I don't know if I'll be reading that kind of like yeah, the age of X-Men. 
Right. Some of the stuff actually came out before the official. Like people were basically piecing together uh, the solicits. So right. that's what some of the stuff is before that. Yeah, like, previews. I don't give a damn. Um, um, X Men: The Seminal Moments videos set the stage for House of X: Powers of X. So apparently, there are some videos out there that is on Marvel's YouTube channel. Uh, that um, that um, you know, for I don't know, they're for X Men fans, I guess to get you caught up or going through some moments that maybe will show up in Hickman's run, possibly. But you can go check it out. Episode 1 is out there on the, on the, the YouTubes now. Speaking of Hickman's run, and thanks to uh, our very own Tim Dog 98 yep. writing for Comic Book Resource, a shout out to Tim Dog 98 Okay, that was terrible. So shout out to Tim uh, and uh, all comments about the quality of the sound effects aside. Um, Tim wrote, uh, Tim had a chance to uh, interview Jonathan Hickman and uh, he peeled back the curtain on his X-Men run in a nice interview uh, that you can read over at CBR.com. I wonder if this is what I think. He, I feel like he had alluded to this at one time in the back channel. This might have been the one, one the thing he was talking about. I don't know. Regardless, go check that out. Not just because it's Tim, because it's a good article. Not because it's Tim. I well, because plus because it's Tim, but it's also a good article. Which that doesn't sound like it makes sense, but it does. Trust me. <laughs> um, next up. Gwenpool aims to unmask Spider-Man in new miniseries. So, off the heels of West Coast Adventures, uh, Gwenpool is back. Why? We don't know. But she's getting a new solo miniseries from from writer Leah uh, Williams, Giant Man. Wait, oh, she's doing it at the the Giant Man uh, thing that came out last week. And David Baldion from uh, Domino. It's called Gwenpool Strikes Back. Uh, So, and, you know, so again, solicitations thing. So, and I know there are people that like Grimpool. Uh, I've warmed up to her, but eh. next up, uh, it's going to be August, I guess. Yeah, it's part of the August. Uh, what you call August solicits? Well, yeah, I didn't see a date there, but I guess so. Anyway, next. So, Spider Gwen is going to get a new series that we had talked about last week, and uh, Kisada is going to help. Uh, bless the uh, the re- the re- the restart, not reboot, but restart with a variant cover. Yes. So cool. I think we see it here. There you go. If you're watching the video, uh, Marvel will introduce a new Daredevil in August. Um, I, I I guess that makes sense because uh, I'm not reading, but I know you have. It hasn't been Matt in suit this whole run, correct? No, it has been. But yeah. what it had, what, what has been happening up until this point is uh, Daredevil kind of coming off, and I'm going to use a, 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 a sports metaphor here, kind of coming off the injured list prematurely mm-hmm. and jumping back into the game and basically hurting himself and the team. Um, he hasn't been 100%, and he's tried to throw himself back into uh, crime fighting, and it just hasn't helped. So he has been convinced, apparently, to take a step back, and we will see um, a new devil, a new daredevil 
uh, take his place in Hell's Kitchen for a little while. It's not the first time. You know, this is not, this is definitely not uh, a, a brand new concept in the pages of Daredevil. So, you know, a number of characters from Spider Man to Iron Fist to Black Panther have taken uh, Daredevil's spot in Hell's Kitchen. So, um, you know, this is, uh, this is not something new, but uh, apparently it's going to be a new character. And, uh, you know, we'll see how this goes in the reconstruction of Daredevil once he's been torn down. Didn't he already have like a sidekick like a volume or two ago? Yeah, he did. So I don't know if this is going to be that character or not. That character was Asian, but I haven't seen anything beyond the uh the the one teaser image that Roddy Cat is showing right now in the on the video show. So um we'll see. Gotcha. That was blind spot. Right. Um, I was just going to ask that it, this uh, article says something about a cold north in relation to Dakota. Uh, possibly, although this character is African-American. Um, he's a new uh, NYPD detective who is, you know, kind of transferred from out of state. Sure. So, I don't I, nothing has been revealed yet as to whether or not he's a relative of Dakota North. But, uh you know, it's a it's a small world. You never know. Yeah, I just thought that was curious. Uh, Tops announces the launch of Marvel Collect by Tops Digital Trading Cards. Hey, folks, you like trading cards? You like phones? You like? Uh, I, I got nothing else with that. But yeah, so basically, there's a new Marvel um, digital trading card thing. So basically, uh, it's called Marvel Collect. Like it says, you can go in there and. I think you can go in there every day and get a free batch of cards or you get points or get coins or whatever where you can um, buy digital packs of cards. You can, quote, unquote, trade them and look at them and, you know, whatever you want to do with trading card games outside of actually touch them because it's digital. I I messed around with this a little bit. It's it's neat. It's not unlike the Star Wars one they had or that they still have a, a while back. Um, and that they have for their baseball stuff. They do have a digital app for their baseball cards uh, stuff, which I know some of you Spurs fans may or may not give care about. But it's out there, Google Play and uh, iTunes, if you if you care enough for it. I was going to do a little quick um, thing on it, but nah, don't worry about it. It's an app. You know what it is. Next up. So... Hasbro has announced that they are going to be releasing a retro collection of Star Wars action figures from the first issue way back in, what, 78, 79, and 80? So, wait, did they put the the, no, the figures no. out in 77? Well, the, 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 what, are you talking about the comic book? The comic book no, no, the figures, I mean. The figures came out, I believe, either seven, seven, and seven, eight. Right, that's what I was guessing. They weren't, they yeah. weren't out immediately, but they were out soon after. I feel like I should know that. I'm and just... <laughs> um, yeah, so they're being reissued on uh, retro-styled cardboard cards. So um, you know, it, this should be fun for collectors who always wanted um, those style of figures. Um, and wouldn't pay for uh, reseller prices. Obviously, these obviously these figures are are aren't going to be exact replicas because um, you know there, there's always subtle changes. But ultimately, it's nice to see um, you know these simulacrums or replicas of the original characters, uh, original figures out uh, for purchase. 
Right, and I was about to say, cause, and the the uh, this whole retro style of the, the, the backing for it has been done as variant covers uh, for Star Wars books, which I think did pretty well, because I heard, remember hearing about somebody coming coming into the store and getting a, a bunch of those, not coming into, but you know what I'm saying. I don't know. I Part of me it thinks it's cool. I think, so I think it's cool, period. But um, I know part of me is like, I kind of want to get it, but at the same time, like, dang, I wish I had my old figures. <laughs> and and intact at that if I knew what I knew then I mean if I knew then what I knew now no anyway, one no one knew then what they know now well, some people did but not not that many but you're right right there were older collectors that maybe liked it and didn't necessarily play with them or maybe you know kept them as gifts and never actually gifted them so mm-hmm. actually because it was just kind of funny because Journey into Mystery kind of uh, loses to the figure thing uh, yeah. Anyway, the, but that, that that was kind of fun. That that's like, that was actually kind of mentioned. Anyway, next up, uh, I believe this is you. No, I just did the last one, but okay, I'll do this because and, apparently I'm getting uh, the Tom King story. <laughs> so, Tom King is apparently exiting Batman this year. This is a report, and this was uh, rumor and speculation. Um, coming and out over the past week still is. i'm sorry i said for and for what we kind of know it probably still is even though this this article seems to suggest that it's been confirmed by some offhand person right there's been some corroboration uh ultimately tom king put out a relatively cryptic tweet about thanking people for the kind notes um but the crux of the story is that dc is taking taking tom king off of batman before he's able to finish his planned 100 plus issue run um the book is rapidly heading towards Issue number 75, in which Tom King is teased, Batman's never going to be the same again. So, um, you know, my guess, I haven't read any of this stuff. It's been, you know, I'm not a fan of, um, you know, if you're going to let him write 75 plus issues, just give him the extra 25. The the sales aren't right. If the sales aren't that bad, but. um, Sales regardless. I'm sorry. It's Batman. It sells regardless. Even though people bitch and complain and send them threat, death threats like idiots. Well, the death threats weren't about Batman. They were about I know, but what you call heroes in crisis. But um, you know, but the point is, he was still getting. Them. I know. Right. No, that 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 I understand. But yeah. in well, with regards to his work on Batman, I was just going to add that um, the last long story arc the nightmare story arc you've heard myself and pcn underscore dirt talk about how it's been kind of difficult to read through because this what six seven eight issue arc has been all in bruce wayne's head um it might be even as long as 10 issues and that's a tough slog and i we all understand what the point is we understand that this is all part of an overarching scheme by bane to break the bat but Ultimately, it's been a long slog, and I'm wondering if um, it's just been taking too long in DC editorial's eyes or DC corporate's eyes. And given into the 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 the, the rabble. I beg your pardon. I said, or they're given into the rabble as they have reportedly done. It might be. So ultimately, uh, the rumor is. They're going to take Batman, take King off of Batman before he makes it to this 100 issue uh, finale, and pull him off with uh, 
I think, at around the 85 issue mark, which is still a lot. And it just means that he's going to apparently compress the um, the denouement, you know, the, the, the ultimate reveal of the story after 75 into 10 issues, which makes it worse because you in even when stories you know have been compressed it, it doesn't always work out and they something always gets there's always something that the born <laughs> that's some that's some game of thrones uh meta reference right there um okay. i was also going to say that uh i know you don't watch it but that's what a lot of people have been saying about the most recent uh episode uh, right. most recent seasons right. that uh, the compressed nature of the seasons uh led to uh rushed storytelling what i was going to say though is that king's not leaving uh dc i've seen some right. teasers from mitch gerard's on twitter where he's doing some he's looking at kingdom come reference stuff Right, so, he, yeah. Supposedly, to King, he and King still gonna do their that follow up. Well, not not follow up, but their whatever their next. Right, know, their next big project. Forward. Right, their next big project is gonna be uh, based on or around Kingdom Come. So, um, that's what um, that's what uh, Gerard was teasing. So it's not like Kim is leaving. King is leaving DC, but ultimately, you know, we'll see how this all shakes out. It would suck if, in fact, DC is. Um, uh, bending the knee is another uh, Game of Thrones uh, reference. Is in fact bending the knee to the rabble rousers online. Um, I really do wonder if um, uh, this is uh, related to sales, but I haven't. You know, I you know, PCN underscore Dirt usually looked at sales numbers for us, but I can always take a look and see what Batman has been doing over the course of the of this nightmare story arc and see if this is an, uh, a numbers uh, issue as well. Yeah, but regardless, it's kind of sad. And I don't know. Have we even got? Have we got to the point where we can't sit through stories anymore? To where it it has to be somewhere and be somewhere quick. Like we used to have long ass runs of of story. Heck, we used to go a whole year with just stories. Right. No, but my point. What I was going to say though is, it's been a tough slog. You know, you haven't been reading this Batman, so I, I get that. But I'm just saying. But I mean, I don't know. It just kind of feels like even that outside of that like yeah okay if it, if it's you know if it's taking too long or do it or night we're getting where that's kind of one thing but like i said we used to have to where just like well just stories were just stories and yeah sometimes they went somewhere in little arcs or whatever they gave them a movie or whatever but we just but things just ran and it kept on you know kept on going like hey but now we can't even there are people who can't even sit through an issue and without you know seeing where it without giving it a chance I think that's always going to be the case with comics. Um, I just think we hear it more. <laughs> so, well, and also, yeah, you know, I don't know. But that—that's the thing. So. You know, that's the—that's the, the. I think that's the—that's sort of the nature of the beast. In that, you, you know, there's a there there there's a reason why, and I don't agree with it. There's a reason why the whole reboot with number one thing um, makes a lot of sense to the sales and marketing people at the comic book. Uh, companies because as much as I want to see a title get up to issue number 700 or 800 and it makes filing a lot easier don't get me you know don't get me started on filing my comics away right um, when they did a re- recent renumbering and then yeah right now there's legacy numbering which is helpful but then if you ch- if you're actually changing the title then um you know it makes alpha but keeping things in alphabetical order a real pain in the neck um mm-hmm. 
but that's 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 something for 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 uh for folks who are on twitter to see me uh uh complaining about this morning on my way in it's like man i hate organizing my comics and, but, Grant, uh, and we do also recognize that's a slight first world problem but never you know problem <laughs> right but um, anyway let's get to our last story of the week uh Justice League debuts new logo for 60th anniversary. So in a, in celebration of the team's 60th anniversary, Justice League will feature a brand new logo starting with issues 60, uh, 25. Not unlike what they did with uh what Detective recently. Another changed the uh yeah, yeah. Detective uh recently. And here it is. So, okay. Uh, yeah, yeah, it's got a star. Yeah, you know, it's definitely reminiscent of some of the older logos. So that, and I felt like it's the 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 not the something about it in the movie logo, but it's not necessarily you know. But regardless, it's a thing. So yeah, it is what it is, and that is the end of the news. All righty, so our last ad read of the night is for Funko Fun at First Sight. It's your home for exclusive collectibles, such as their world-famous pop vinyl bobbleheads, apparel, t-shirts, hats, and socks, and brand merchandise, custom DIY pop figures, art books, and skateboards. And now, the listeners of the Comic Book Chronicles can enjoy 10% off your entire purchase when shopping at Funko. To place your first order with 10% off, and to help keep our show free for you, Go to our network website at cspn.us, that's cspn.us, then click on the Keep Our Podcasts free link at the top of the page. From there, scroll down to the Funco link and place your order. When you get to the checkout, put in the offer code SHOP10 for your 10% off discount. Funco through cspn.us. Do it today. You're on mute. Yeah. Um, here we are at the end of the show, folks. Uh, we'd like to thank each and every one of you for coming out. Thank you to PC underscore Dirt for, for popping in when he did. Uh, you can find us here next week, 9-ish p.m. Thursdays when we record. Uh, and the audio comes out Friday mornings sometimes. Right. Although be be aware that next week, although I haven't received any word yet, um, Godzilla is coming out. So I don't think we're going to be on movie protocol, but just be aware. You doing movie protocol for Godzilla? It depends. <laughs> but the thing is, it depends on whether or not um, uh, people make plans. That's the thing. Okay, sure. All right. So it's not something I'm planning on going to see. It's not something that we bought like advance tickets a month or two in advance, like Endgame, you know. But yeah. if it's one of those things that pops up at the last second, so sure, I understand. It's nice to have friends. Oh uh, no! Oh no! That voice you are hearing has been Agent Underscore Seventy. You can find him at Agent Underscore Seventy on Twitter and Instagram. PC underscore dirt, as I said on Twitter, pop culture net on Twitter, pop culture network.com, and I need comics.com, one of the many umbrella rella rellas uh, of his network. 
Tim, D-O-G-G-9-8 on Twitter, The Click Nation, that's D-K-L-I-Q-N-A-T-I-O-N on Twitter, and TheClickNation.com. Also, C.B. Cron on Twitter, and of course, Comic Book Resources, where he's over there uh, writing his face off. And of course, myself, Rydercat. You can find me at Rydercat on Twitter and Instagram. Uh, also, find me at uh, CB Caps on Instagram. News News Need on Twitter. News News Need Reddit. Uh, all that good stuff. And what I think I neglected to say at the beginning of the show is that you can find this podcast on the Cold Slither Podcast Network, the CSPN.us. Go there and go check out other podcasts on the network. But check us out first. Um, you can also subscribe to the podcast on Google Play and Apple iTunes, aka Apple Podcasts. You can also go to Spotify. We're there. And the, the Coast Leather Podcast Network's SoundCloud page. And with that, ladies and gentlemen, we will be back next week unless uh, Godzilla stomps us all out. Yeah. Uh, we will check you out then and I'm stalling for time because I don't have this stuff really at hand because it's okay it's all good it's all good this has been the Combo Chronicles we'll see you later peace peace one good evening would you believe it's, it's Dr. Stu what's on your evil mind oh you yeah. Mark my words well. Pop up this woman is new and we'll be hired, Mr. Stark.